Hey everyone, and welcome to Unison Christian Church, the podcast. We exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of Jesus, elevate a culture of love and holistic growth, and serve as a family built on hope. Our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with God. Now, here is today's message. And we're moving into the feast of the Passover. So Jesus knows his hour is coming. He knows his, he's about to um, have very limited time with his brothers and sisters. He's washed the disciples' feet. He's warned Peter about his upcoming denial. He's told them that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And then we read in John 14, starting at verse 16. If you can pull that up on the screen for me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth, and this is important, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. The next verse. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So we see that spirit of truth defined again. God has told, Jesus has told the woman at the well, a time is coming and is almost here that the spirit of truth will be how you worship. And he tells his disciples again in a very intimate setting, in a very intimate place, the spirit of truth is coming and bringing him to you and I will not leave you as orphans. So we see this spirit of truth coming up over and over again. And Jesus even tells us in John 13, 35, you know, that you, my people will know who my disciples are by the way that they love one another. So we see spirit of truth being another phrase for Holy Spirit. But we also have to kind of reconcile that with, well, what about love? Like we're told that God is love and we are to love one another. So how do the two come together and how do they marry? And the thing that he's impressed upon me over and over again is they're two sides of the same coin. Just as God is Trinity, He's also one. He cannot be separated. And so is true of truth and love. They cannot be separated. To have truth without love is death. And to have love without truth is death. And that is really what the world is seeking, is that love. They want that genuine love that Jesus talks about in the spirit of truth. But they're not able to receive it. They're not able to have that. So they are looking for this love that is absent of truth. And that is how the world has to forfeit real love. They're not able to receive that because it turns away from the truth. But then what happens in the church? Are we more likely to find genuine love than those outside of the church? Not if we're seeking it outside the spirit of truth. We're no different. We're not following him. Real, genuine Selfless love cannot exist without the spirit of truth, or it's not love at all. When people ask us as believers what our definition of love is, it has to be wrapped up in and carried with the spirit of truth. We cannot say we love somebody if we do not also love truth. They can't exist without each other. And I, um, 
was looking at more of John's writings, and his first letter, I just thought this was really neat. His first letter tells us God is love. Like, that's how he opens. Like, God is love, and anyone who knows God know he's, knows he is love. And anyone who does not love does not know God, right? And I see, like, Jesus describing Holy Spirit as truth and the spirit of truth. And I just think it's so beautiful to think of God the Father as love and Holy Spirit as truth and the two marry together and embody themselves in Jesus. That gets me so excited that Jesus is the outcome or part of what the two are already doing. And that's our role model. That's what he's showing us to do. And so finally, we um, turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 8. And we're looking at Jesus getting ready to go up to heaven, and he's, he's going to promise them this spirit of truth again. So when they had come together, the disciples with Jesus, they asked him, how about now, Lord? Are you going to restore Israel? Are you finally going to get on your horse and sword and wipe everybody else out and rescue us? I know that's sometimes a prayer of mine in this crazy world. Are you coming now? <laughs> and he answers, it's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Go ahead and go to the next one for me if you get a chance. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And I love that he mentions Judea and Samaria because, guys, that's where he started. Capernaum was in Judea, and then he went to Samaria. He made sure, like he points out, it's not just about the wonderful city that hosts the, the temple. It's about everybody that I've reached out to are going to be my witnesses. And this is important to point out because he says to them, it's not for you to know. Knowledge is not primary. To have knowledge does not mean I know truth. I can know a lot of things. I can be a really smart scholar. But if I don't know Jesus and I don't have the spirit of truth living within me, I don't actually know real truth. And what Jesus is telling them to do is to actually go and wait. Like, here these guys have done this thing with him for three years. They're asking him, now is it time? Like, let's go. We're ready. And he goes, actually, go to this room over here and wait for 40 days. It doesn't tell him how long. He just says, wait. And this spirit of truth will come upon you. And the reason that that is important is because Jesus was convinced that the task before them was too great to be fulfilled based on experience and knowledge alone. We cannot be true witnesses of Jesus based on our experience and knowledge alone. They're important. I have to share my life story. I have to share the Bible and the scripture I've learned, but it's not enough on its own. I have to have a love of the spirit of truth that lives within me that will guide me when I'm supposed to speak about knowledge and experience and when I'm supposed to be quiet. And the important part of this is also that it's not so much about having these truths and having this knowledge as it is really living it out and being true, embodying 
the spirit of truth, which is what Jesus did. That's how he was able to walk into and sit at a table with people that live such different lifestyles that were so hated. And he didn't change his character. He didn't change who he was. He had all the knowledge in the world. He had all the experience he needed. But it was his spirit of true love for these people that came out and changed their lives. So truth must be lived or it will cease to be truth. This is from a book I'm reading or just finished called The Spirit of Truth. Have any of you read a book that's so good you have to throw it across the room? I had a physical reaction to this thing sometimes. Sometimes in my Bible, too, I go, oh, careful, okay. Because <laughs> sometimes when something hits you between the eyes, you just have to have a physical reaction to it. You just have to, and this, what? Throw a shoe, right. Shout amen. Though we have to live it out, it's a living being. So go ahead and go to the next slide for me. So when we think of knowledge, what I'm really talking about is knowledge is to have truth in our minds, which is good. Again, it's important. Experiences and knowledge are important. But being true means to actually walk it out in truth and love with my heart and my spirit driving it and asking Holy Spirit, where do you want me to go? I'm not going to lie. This is terrifying. This is not easy, because the truth is I didn't want to come up here today. The truth is I didn't think I was ready. The truth is I don't like being on the stage and having people look at me. <laughs> Nikki knows. But the spirit of truth told me, I got to have you up there. I got to have you talk. And I had to let go of my comfort. I had to let go of my pride. I had to let go of all the fear that is holding me from thinking that I can't or I shouldn't. And I had to love Holy Spirit and Jesus. I had to love them more than what I left behind to get up here. And this is also important, fam, because we have to walk in the truth, which means it's an activity doesn't mean we get to sit. Yes, there are moments we sit and we soak in it. Certainly, I have times I get to sit and just listen to Jesus and absorb him. And then there are times when he says, you have to get up and go and move and walk. It is a verb. Love is a verb. <laughs> and we can't stay still. And the other reason this is important is because it's not just about my body physically walking in truth, but it is about our body. Is it about the bride of Christ? She has to walk in truth. She has to be active and moving to invite people into her. And this is really scary. It threatens us. It threatens our way of life because we want to protect ourselves. It's, a, it's scary to think I have to live outside of my comfort zone. I have to live outside of where I'm so proud to stay. But what happens is we insulate ourselves from the truth. And then we insulate ourselves from love. Because the only thing protected when we are trying to get away from truth is the lie.
And it's hard to step out into the truth. It's hard to not see it as a cold spotlight, right? It's hard. It's hard not to see it as something that shines on you and you're going, ugh. And we've experienced that. I've had church hurt in the past where somebody spoke truth, but there was no love in it. It hurt. And I was like, I wish you hadn't said anything at all. You would have been better off just whoop. And that's what's so hard for us is we've all experienced a, a degree of that, which makes it even scarier. But here's what we have to remember. Go ahead and change the slide for me. Love and truth, mercy and truth are together. They are not to be separated. The spirit of truth is the comforter, the nurturer, the one who wraps you in his arms and says, I am with you. You are not an orphan. I will never leave you. Yes, he lives within us and comes out of us. It is not cold and lifeless. It is a spirit and a supreme mercy to all who welcome it and love it. And I have to be honest, this is one of the hardest places to live that out. Because it really takes not just loving somebody else well to do this, to live in the spirit of truth. I have to open myself up and be willing to love myself. I mean, the spirit of truth reveals, I mean, it's like, all that comes to mind is Lion King and Puma and Timon lifting up those rocks and you all know what's under there and they love it. They eat all those grubs. It's like that. It's like letting him pick up those disgusting, rotting logs and rocks and letting him pull out everything that's under it. And this last year and a half, that's what he's been doing for me. And it is really hard. But that is why we are meant to do this in relationship. That is why we are meant to walk in truth as a body, as individuals, but with our large church body. Together we are to walk in truth. So that when I am in pain and I am hurting over something Holy Spirit is revealing to me, I can go to my brother and sister and say, pray for me. Help me. Walk with me in this, please. Go ahead and go to the next slide for me. So here's some things that we need to do as we think about this spirit of truth. First one is we have to look at ourselves. We have to look at the way in which we walk in truth and love as a whole body. Because if the whole body does not walk, no part of it will either. You cannot go for a walk without your brain cannot go for a walk without, well, I guess you could go without your hand, but still the momentum of walking requires the whole body. So as we are searching and seeking after the spirit of truth, our prayer needs to become not only search me, find what is in me that is not of you, but search us, bring us together and unite us in your spirit of truth and show us what is not of you in our family. And we have to be vulnerable enough 
and okay with saying, yes, I want to hear that. Yes, tell me the truth, please. In love, in love. And second, we need to learn what it means to be true in a world that cannot receive the spirit of truth. And this is that lifestyle other fam. We cannot hold people to standards they don't have. Please hear me. I cannot ask a non-believer to follow scripture. They can't. It's not even that they don't want to. It's that they cannot. If they have not received Jesus into their hearts, they do not have the spirit of truth to have their eyes opened to receive. And that's the damage we're doing. If we are not walking in the spirit of truth and we are not listening for when he says, say this or don't say that, we're doing that. And that brings us into the third point, which is we have to live truth relationally, in relationship. It is a living being. It is in relationship with us. We are in relationship with him and with one another. We are quick to claim truth and then walk away. We are quick, quick to quote a verse at a situation or a person and then go, good luck with that, or I'll pray for you. Sometimes we hide behind that because it's too much. But to live in the spirit of truth is to say, this is a lot for me. I don't know if I can enter all the way in with you in this grief, but let me help you. Let me find others who can come with us. I may not be able to do it, but I'm not giving up on you. It's okay to say that. It's okay to set that boundary and say, I can't do this for you, but let me help. Let me at least try to find someone who can. We cannot use truth as a weapon to be wielded. James and John were ready to go after those guys. Like, yes, don't spit on anybody. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, that's not a thing. I was right there with him. I was like, listen, let me at him. Like, that's never okay. Never. But Jesus' response was not, yeah, go get him. Because it's not a weapon to be wielded. He was showing them love. He was showing them compassion. They spit. Samaritans spit and didn't care about him. But he didn't change who he was. He didn't alter his character and switch into this challenger and go into it, guns blazing. He stayed true to who he was and called James and John back to who they were. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget why we're here. None of this is how our God demonstrates truth. He invites us in to more. Truth without love is toxic judgment. Truth with love is an invitation to more. If we claim to love truth, we have to live it. If we claim to love the spirit of truth, we have to be tender with weakness. Even our own. And if we claim to follow Jesus, we have to sit in the presence of somebody with a completely different perspective and a different lifestyle, and build relationship with them. 
It is God's spirit of truth that convicts us, that tells us when we're doing things the way he wouldn't, or tells us when he's proud of us and we're doing things the way he would. But it is his, his job to convict. It is his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. He calls us in, and we're ambassadors of that. That's it. That's our job. We have to stay in his presence and love his truth more than we love our comfort. And we are a culture of comfort. We have been given so much. And we want to protect it at all costs. But that's not what Jesus does. He invites more in. There's enough. There's more room at the table. Come in. There's more. There's always more. We don't need to protect anything because we are not of this world. And the world cannot receive truth without first being convicted by him. That was a lot. And I don't really think there's anything more to say um, except I just get the sense that things are changing. I mean, we all kind of know that, right? It's always changing. And we're waiting for Jesus to come back, and we're waiting for him. And as our bride, as his bride, we're to prepare and keep our lanterns lit and to prepare to be ready without blemish or wrinkle. I think this is a big wrinkle. I think this is a big wrinkle that we miss. That we're not walking in the spirit of truth and love as a big C church. Because it's too scary. And it's hard. And I think that's what he's calling us to. Is it is getting out of the comfort zone of, the, of what could happen, what you think may happen. And being obedient to what is happening. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your truth. That you see us for who we really are. But also your grace and your goodness that you see us for who we are to be. I just love it, Father, that you know what is and what is to come. And you see that in each and every one of us. And you see that in your bride as she prepares for her wedding day. And I just pray, Lord, that you would speak into our hearts those places, those crevices, those dark logs that we love to hold on to. And as we have capacity and as we have space and as we heal, Lord, that you would reveal more to us. And that you would also give us a sense of family and community that we are able to walk together and be with one another in those places of weakness and tenderness. We thank you that you are such a good father and that you don't give up on us. We say no. <laughs> and you just say, I'll wait. We just thank you for that patience. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for each and every day that you give us breath.
In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.